Hello, and welcome back to Industry Town. Uh, today's episode is, um, well, it's not going to be like all the others. Uh, we're not going to do any uh, theme music or anything like that. Um, it's just not appropriate. Uh, I don't quite know what to say. I know um, that the world around us is, is, has been on fire and that horrible things are happening and that horrible things have been happening in our country from the beginning. Um, for some context on when I'm recording this, uh, the other officers in the murder of Mr. Floyd were just, uh, charged, um, which is a a piece of good news I find. Um, but mainly today, I just want to say that I recognize I have a platform and I want to use that for good. I want to amplify, uh, black voices. I want to amplify voices that are not mine. So I want to get through this intro, uh, pretty quickly. Um, I know this isn't a political podcast, but our work is political. Our industry is political. It is not exempt from systematic racism. So I just want to take one moment to uh, just affirm black lives matter. Police brutality is wrong. This is a time to listen and to learn and to interrogate my privilege, to act and to donate and not just have my expression be on social media or in my words. And uh, to do better. My guest today is a friend of mine, uh, an incredible actor, Dewan Owens. Um, I'm excited to talk to Dewan today. He and I have um, shared some some kind of intimate moments over the years. Um, we've known each other at JRS for I want to say close to ten years. Um, we did a class all about kind of self-discovery together and shared a lot. I'm really excited to get to share this space with him. So thank you for tuning in. Um, there will be one little ad break in the middle, uh, which we'll just be mentioning uh, a couple charities um, that I want to be supporting right now. So enough of all this chit-chat, and uh, here's to one. Uh, it's good to see you. Me too, man. Um, Thank you for, for doing the show. I really uh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I guess I want to just start um, by saying, you know, it's been, it's been a pretty horrific eight days. Um, and I want to know if you'd share a little bit about what your experience has been over that time and how that's evolved. Yeah, I mean, for me, I... I don't, I, I posted something, um, a couple of days ago when I said, um, somebody asked me how I was doing and I said, good, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Um, cause I think for me as a black man, it's the norm, but it's not normal. So, um, that's why I, <laughs> I think sometimes people see stuff and they're like, Oh, my Dewan smiling. He looks okay. Like, why should I? be upset about anything right because it would be literally unconscionable to live in a space of this actually is happening and no one and feel like no one cares right like you couldn't make it through so sometimes like you see the memes like uh Barbecue Becky, like <laughs> you were laughing at it right like oh she's calling the cops on people being black by barbecue at all She's uh, talking about people uh, selling water on the street. Ah, it's funny. But it's only funny because that's the only way we can literally deal with it, right? That, like, to live in a life of, like, oh, wow, like, little things that I do could potentially cause me harm, right? Just like um, like the lady in Central Park, right? Knowing that, listen, I'm threatening you because I know that... I'm telling you, I'm going to tell them you're an African-American and that has consequences. Right. And so the last couple of days, um, overall have been, I guess I would say inspiring in a way that I'm hopeful because I've seen a lot of change in people's demeanor and I've also taken a stance of 
it's disassociation time and the fact that if you <laughs> if you can't today take a stand and then expect me to sit in an acting class next to you or to you know associate myself with you and something as little as a post right like slacktivism is the easiest thing you can do and if you're not willing to start there then there's nothing you know I can't waste my my time and my energy because I can't trust you from that standpoint. Like if you can't care about me and to the point where I think a lot is getting lost in the fact that it's like, oh, there's just this George Floyd thing. But it's such a bigger conversation when we're talking about institutional racism and the examples I give people because I think it's such a broad conversation that even I am not fully equipped, <laughs> or I mean, most people I know to talk about the depths of it, but when you look up redlining and you look up, um, you know, I give personal examples, for instance, in 2013, right? Cause a lot of people are like, oh, this is something that happened in the sixties, right? And it's just carried out and, you know, um, in 2013, I was part of a class action lawsuit where National City Bank charged African-Americans and Hispanics higher interest rates solely based off of color, right? So, you know, I'm, I have the credit score, I have the down payment, I have all the, the things on paper that I'm supposed to have, but because of this- Costs you more. It costs me more, right? In middle school, I lived in a 99% black neighborhood and moved to a 98% Jewish, right? That same year, my middle school, the first one, the highest math I could take was algebra. At the new school, the highest math I could take was trigonometry. So if I was doing everything right, and I wasn't the best student anyway, but (laughs) if I was doing everything right, I still was at a deficit. And those are the things that when people are like, why are people so mad? Those are the things we're talking about, right? Where it's like, literally, all these things are happening and no one, it feels like no one's doing anything about it, right? And I had a great conversation uh, with John Beavers, you know John Beavers, um, yesterday, and we were talking about guilt. And I was like, you can't feel guilty about something you didn't know. But once you know it, it's what you do with it after that. So that's a long answer to your, I, mean, I guess. A good answer. There's a lot. There's so much in there. Um, yeah. I want to see where this goes. Um, yeah. There's so many interesting things that kind of come to my head right now. Um, you brought up slacktivism and how that's kind of right. the least you can do. Um, I thought yesterday was, a, was an interesting day for that conversation. A very interesting day for that conversation yesterday. Um, and Yeah, please tell me. Can I, yeah, can I just say please. this? Please. I was upset yesterday because I think one of the biggest things is empathy. And I think any people that we consider normal people have empathy. And, you know, a lot of people who on our side are so tired, they're like, I don't feel like I should have to have empathy. And you don't have to. But to, there were some people who like, it was a big step for them to write Black Lives Matter, to write those words because they live in Los Angeles, but they come from Hobunk, Nebraska, and all of their family watched their Instagram. And to write those words meant something to them. And for us, it, like, as a, as a, as a effort, it's, it doesn't do anything to really help the cause, but to me, it's a step. And, there's going to be no giant leaps here. They're only going to be steps and continuous steps. And so for people to be, you know, white people, police and white people, black people, police and people say, you clogging up the black lives matter hashtag. Like they're like, I don't know what to do. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of that. Right. And to also, which I say is I feel like people have forgotten that the internet works. And if you, anything, <laughs> it's like anything else that you love, you do something like if I like paleo, right. When I got into paleo, I was like, Ooh, like, I'm a research paleo. I'm a post about paleo. I'm gonna tell all my friends about paleo. Like, oh, I found out about Cheetos. Ugh, fuck Cheetos. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, I, I think people are so, like, it's such a, a weight to the face 
that they're like, I don't know what to do. Like I had so many emails and phone calls, like, I don't want to put the onus on you, but what should I do? And yes, that is also draining, but at the same time, like I'm trying my best <laughs> to, to be of service, but it's a, it's a give and take because you also have to be able to say like, if somebody doesn't want to talk about it right now, like you're not helpless, but at the same time, like someone asking for help. I mean, that resonates with me right now, asking you to come on this show, uh, to talk to me right now. I, I want to learn. I want to talk to you. I want to connect to you. I've actually always thought that I wanted to have you on right when you had some show coming out. It'd be really fun. Mm -hmm. We're going to mm -hmm. do that. Well, and here's the thing, Brian. Yeah. I have a show right now that I'm recurring on that I haven't said anything about and I refuse to say anything about. And as an, as an actor, because I'm not crying about the show because I don't want this to be weird. <laughs> as, a, as an actor, that's the one thing that, like, you both something you're like, yeah, I can't wait till it drop. I'm going to be like, you know what I'm saying? I'm on this thing. I'm on this, it. Like, all we want to do is do regular stuff. Yeah. I don't want to be talking about it. Like, I spent, I had two calls with Live Nation yesterday and some people, like, I, I am exhausted. Like I, no one, like black people don't want to be talking about, like, that's not what we want. We want to be eating ice cream and <laughs> chilling and, you know, going for walks and bike riding and doing regular stuff. Like, so it's weird when like people are like, you know, are you going too far? Like, no, one, we, we don't want to be doing this. No one wants to be out protesting in the middle of COVID. Like people aren't like, yeah, I just want to get sick. Like I have nothing better to do. You know, so, but, but I wanted to have a conversation because I am always open, like, till I have no more energy in my body, I would, if I can give it, at least my experience to help, hopefully, one person to understand that, like, this, like, I mean, when we're talking about even police brutality, right, like, being stopped by cops in high school and them asking me, am I from here? Like, or, you know, am I from around here? Or, oh, in college, oh, um, you have a Maryland driver's license, but you're in Pennsylvania. Like, I didn't know it was illegal to drive around the country. I didn't know that, that we had to answer those types of questions. So it, and the debate seems to go back to like, oh, but what were they doing before you saw the incident that had, like, everyone should be able, <laughs> like, have you never gotten a speeding ticket? Have you never done this? Have you never jaywalked, whatever? Like Barack just said, people should be able to mess up and not be afraid of not going home. So it's not about like what the person was doing. In most of the, in almost all the cases, it, it wasn't a stop for a violent crime in the first place. So let's like take that out of the narrative. Like it's no matter what we're doing, we all should have the same expectations. The, I, last time I checked, the Constitution was written a long time ago. I just want what's on the paper. Just give me what's on the paper. I'm not asking for anything extra. I just want what's on the paper. Even the stuff in cursive. Because it's all cursive. But I, I just... I mean, that's got to be one of the most infuriating things is that this country bathes itself in all this message of give me, give, you know, the Statue of Liberty. Give me your, give me your liberty. Media, yeah, right, yeah. And we turn away immigrants. And I mean, we, we profess liberty and equal equality for all. And we do not walk that walk at all. And... I can only imagine how much more difficult that is when you are being told that this is a country that excels at these things. I can only imagine that the difficulty of that cognitive dissonance. Well, and it makes you feel like you have to make sure you, and I talk about like us laughing and, and stuff like that, making jokes because you have to find a way to feel sane in the place that tells you like what you're talking about is ridiculous and your aggression and your, you know, I'm a six foot four, 220 pound black man. Like there's a lot that goes, I mean, even in the industry, right? Most black guys will tell you their first job in the industry is playing a villain in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And I'm sure you've coached guys who like, you are not this dude in any, I don't know why you're going out for this. Yep. Well, like it always comes grad, with right. It also comes usually with really uncomfortable, disgusting language, right. the breakdown. Right. Yeah. 
like coming like he's like okay so uh yo dog you want some of me you're like what why in any other case you would not be going out for this because they would be saying this is not your essence but that's the way that's the way in to get to other jobs do you i mean that's got to be a large part of of your experience making a career i guess i'm asking is 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 being asked to fulfill a, a stereotype created by who's invariably a white writer and what their stereotypes and ideas of where a black person and even, in the story. And even sometimes black writers who have shows sold to like major networks and then they are forced to change them because they're like, well, I want to get my show on the air, but this is the, I mean, you across the board, you've read pilots and be like, oh, this is right. good. And then you see it and you're like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what is that right what happened and i mean it there's a formula and that formula gets filled you know what i mean like oh i would like to sit at a table read and sit down and people be like oh who are you playing what character are you playing yeah because most of the time if they've read the pilot they know what character i'm playing before they even see my table card that to me is wild. I can't. I that is an experience <laughs> I've never had. That I, I I have not imagined. That is wild. Like, cause I asked everyone else, "Oh, who are you? Oh, you? Yeah." And you, sometimes we'll even make jokes about it, like you know, who I'm playing. You know, you know, it's Duran. You know, <laughs> you know, it could be Tom too, but you know who Tom is based off of the breakdown. Yeah. Ex basketball player, former football player, all around cool guy, swagger. Well, we could write a few really shitty breakdowns right now, couldn't we? We could it's, just put them together. It's, it's never like 35 to 40, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Businessman, just, you know, there's well, always something. Let me ask some... you about the industry a little bit. Yeah. I feel like there's this narrative that exists over the last, I don't know, five years give or take, that like, it's getting better. Do you feel like that is true? Do you feel like that's a load of horse shit? Do you feel like uh, people are patting themselves on the back for a very small adjustment? Like, wh what is your experience? I think it is getting better, but I mean, again, it depends on what your expectations are, right? And my expectations are that most things happen in small steps, unfortunately, right? Like, even when people make big statements, I know I'm going to see a small reaction, right? When people are like, I'm going to gym this, this, this year, I'm getting fit, right? I know <laughs> that when you come in next week, you're not going to be ripped. Yeah. It's just, even if you say like, I'm like seven days a week. Okay. But next week, I guarantee you when I see you, you're not, you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it was wild for me to sit in and have, sit in a class and have someone be like, you know, it's a hard year for white guys. And I was like, is it harder? Maybe, but if I'm looking at, and this is what I told one of the, my classmates after class, I said, look at, a, look at a call sheet. And if there's eight series regulars, what we see now is that one and two most likely are gonna be a white male. If not, it's going to be a black person who has some clout or wrote the show and is a stand-up or something, right? But out of that eight, now we've included like, oh, there there should be a woman, you know what I mean? Um, there should be a, a minority, um, some form. And if we can get the two for one, that's better, right? But the call sheet, so we went from like a whole cast could be white to like, only five or four out of the call sheet can be, right? And that's an improvement. But to say like, oh, it's hard right now for white guys. Well, it's harder if you have no credits, no representation to get representation, to get credits, right? I believe that, right? But in the grand scheme of like just sheer roles, it's not harder. Like. Well, and like, and no one deserves a fucking pity party. Like, get, go do the work. Go do the work. Like, that's, the, that's the situation that everyone else has been in. 
But that same argument is being used for minorities, which is like, well, why are we having this diversity initiative? Just go, just go do the work and you'll get, you know what I mean? But if there's only, again, if I sit down at a table read, that meant there was only one role that they were looking to fill for a minority and I got it. Like, you know, we had people who do, who do shows who were like, oh, like there's no black people on my show because that's not my experience. Oh, you shot a show in New York and black people aren't your experience. Like, what part of New York were you ever in? <laughs> that, that, like, I don't know any part of New York where you won't see black people or minorities. You know what I mean? So I think it is getting better because there are more initiatives and you're seeing more diverse shows. And I think the more diverse writers that you see, the better stories you will see and the more representative of actual world. Because that's all I ask for is like, when I watch a show, I want it to look like where I live at or where it's shot at, right? Um, and and this may not be true, but I even had, I was like, man, there's so many more period pieces after the whole diversity push. I was like, it just feels like people are like, you know what? You're going to make me put minorities in my show. I'll take it back to 1920. <laughs> the data on that would be interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether it's true or not, but I mean, it just, that's what it felt like, right? Yeah. But, I mean, again, if you were to like sit and say like, man, this is all happening. What was me? Like you kill yourself. You like, I, I would, I would, I wouldn't be able to get up every day. Cause it would be too overwhelming. Right. It's just like when we say, don't focus on the result, focus on being president in the moment. Right. You know, it's the same type of thing. You know, I'm just doing the work that I can. And then I can't figure out what casting is doing. I can't figure out which way they're going. I can't figure out, you know, but even the good thing is I have a team that'll be like, who will push casting and be like, why does this role have to be a white guy? Right. Why can't you see Dewan for this? You know, Dewan, why, why could, what can, what about this cannot be? And sometimes I'll get seen for those roles. You know what I mean? So like, and that is attributed to casting as well being like, okay, let's, why, why can't it be? Maybe we hadn't thought of it, but yeah, let's push the envelope. Let's see, you know, and there's some casting directors like Gerald, Gerald Lee Flood, like, who will be like, yeah, like, everything should be open. If, unless there's some specific reason, right? Have you found, during your career, the people who are supposed to help you, um, coaches, teachers, agents, managers, I'm sure there's more. But I mean, you're seeing who I'm talking about here. Yeah. Do you find people who look like you in any of those roles in your life? Is that easy to find? Is that hard to find? I, I'm just going back looking through my life um, and I'm realizing that almost every teacher was, almost every single one was a white man or a white woman, almost every agent <laughs> right. or manager, um, not exclusively, but right. I can only imagine that that might feel isolating at some point or that you want somebody who, who understands your experience a little bit more sometimes as part of your team. Is yeah, I think, yeah, tell me about that. Well, I mean, the great thing is my manager is uh, um, a Latin gay guy. Um, so to me, that's as close. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't black, but he, <laughs> we got a lot of diversity there. Great. Um, and his partner is a Jewish, uh, a Jewish woman and she's amazing as well. Um, but, um, but as far as acting coaches go, I've never met a minority acting coach. Um, I know Dewan Johnson, who, you know, is, um, who used to TA over at stands, but we're obviously we're more like peers and our names are both Dewan. Um, so I couldn't. So could possibly. You, your name's Dewan. You're not going to tell me what to do. No, I'm, I'm Dewan. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's very rare, you know, and even, I hear stories where people are like, hey, can we get a, an African-American or a minority coach so I can run? The, because it, I just think about, for me, I've been able to take those auditions and just say, I need to trust what I know because I feel so bad for people who are going in and being like, there's an extra layer I have to add to this, which is I have to have you, and sometimes people put in on little, you know, all right, I'll give you a little jive with it, you know, like, you know, and then you're like trying to deal with that and also figure out the scene. Right. And then having your experience, which is always valid and probably more close to maybe what 
either the writer was going for if they're you know educated um <laughs> or they're normal um and then trying to battle with someone who you're like you don't no, that's that choice doesn't make sense and i think that could be a hindrance you know i i personally have just been able to say i trust my gut on these because i don't want to deal with that part and sure. yes if i had that type of mentorship it would be great you know what i mean but you kind of i think we just learned that like we've most i don't want to say with me we but for the people the black people i know the minorities i know um you kind of it's the norm it's just what you expect you know when i walk into class and i'm one of usually the only black person sometimes like i literally announce like oh snap we got another brother in here oh we got another minority this month like oh snap we're about to kill the game you know what i mean yeah. um it's just the norm to be like okay i'm the only one like it you can't mentally put time and effort to it because it would feel like wow am i like how many people do relate to my stories how many people like i'm doing the scene i wanted to run it in class how many people are like judging or thinking like oh yeah like no you need to be a little more ghetto or you know i've had had that comment thrown out of me like make it a little more you know like make it more hood or make it like and I'm like no like every blah 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 doesn't isn't like that like, oh, he's a basketball player. Make him more, like, aggressive. Like, have you seen Grant Hill? Like, they're, <laughs> like, everybody's not, doesn't, like, you know what I mean? So it, that can be frustrating. But we, you adapt. I mean, I think, like, everybody else, like, you know, I'm sure in your case, you like, people are like, oh, he's not, he's not, like, a man, man. You're like, I'm, why, what is, the definition of masculinity, right? What is what like? Are you trying to just what because... are you trying to tell me right now? <laughs> what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? I am you know 150 I mean? pounds. I will have you know. Slender shoulders. They don't understand masculinity. Like what are you talking about. I, I think it's all. You know what I mean? I I think you just probably deal with it less because there's more roles that are. You know what I mean? Okay, we're gonna do a quick little break. Um, I just want to bring uh, two things to your attention. Um, there's gonna be a link in the show notes. Uh, to give money to Black Lives Matter through Act Blue. Um, yeah, I think uh, our dollars, how we spend our money is one of the most political things we do. And it's one of the best actions we can take, most effective. So um, I encourage everybody to, uh, even if it's only five bucks, whatever you got right now, um, to please contribute. Um, also, uh, not involving any money. Um, I really want to highlight 8can'twait.com. Dot org the number eight can't wait.org it'll be in the show notes um, but it's a it's a new project from campaign zero basically the data shows that there are eight policies that decrease police violence by 72 percent 72 percent and uh, eight can't wait basically um, sets you up to email your local government officials and make sure that they are requiring these eight policies uh, for their police. It's effective, it's free, it just takes your time and your voice, and uh, I really hope you consider doing that. Okay, thanks for listening, and now back to Dewan. Um, so here's where I ask a question that I feel like is important, and I also think is, um, I'm wary of, of, of tokenism, I guess, when I ask it, because I don't think that it is your responsibility to answer this question in its entirety. Yeah. Um, but what, do you th what, do you, what kind of response do you want from a community like ours? Um, whether that's, and I, I, I'm open to where this goes for you, but whether yeah. that is the community as a whole, which includes clients and staff and everything, whether you look at it from a business perspective, I mean, like, I'm open to a lot of different things, but I'm, I'm curious your, your take on that. Yeah. I, it's, it's hard to, I guess, put that aspect in words. I think the one thing I always say is I need to know that you stand with me in times like this. Like, I need to know that like you can understand the complexity of what is going on right now and say, like, I mean, even to understand what black lives matter means <laughs> as opposed to all lives matter. Um, 
and know that like if we're talking about cancer no one ever is like well what about lupus like you can't say you hate, you hate cancer what about lupus? what about the people with lupus what are, what are they gonna do you know what i mean to, uh, and, i was talking about no, no, that, trying to trying to reach him on this and i was like i'm jewish you would never come with me to a holocaust museum and be like but christians we're, we're right. super cool too right like <laughs> right. No, and no why one, is no one here talking about christians and no one would ever ever think that question it just would never happen like right. in a million years and i don't know it's yeah i and i also think that it's a, it's in the context of acting it's also understanding when an experience isn't like yours does not make it not valid right you know and i've had many of times where i go back and forth with an acting teacher just because i don't what you're telling me doesn't reflect my experience so just because you have it's a agreement that you have a perspective and i have a perspective and as long as it's present and active in all of those great things it doesn't have to be what you're saying this has it has to be right yeah um and then i mean i think once people have knowledge you have to act on that and figure out how you can do something about it, whether it be like, you know, I've always said some studios need different backgrounds because the backgrounds they have don't work for minorities. Some of those studios still haven't changed them. So you're putting people on tape with the, you know what I mean? Little things yeah, like you that. Want to put people on tape to, to look excellent, to, to, to be able to tell the story in, in, in a clear and beautiful way. I mean, like it's, that's not, that's not too much to ask. That's the baseline of the product. Yeah, and it's just like when you put a shirt on and you go on camera, you're like, oh, this shirt looks horrible on camera. <laughs> oh, let me get a different shirt, right? Like, <laughs> you go in and you see yourself on camera, you're like, oh, this is all you got? Yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll work with it. And, and that's just a, like, oh, wow, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I think, you know, and this may sound exclusive but it's not it's exclusive it's inclusive i think you need to have a form for people to express their differences and be able to those people who have like experiences to be able to talk about them and say you know what once a month we're going to talk about issues you know that minority actors have and everybody's welcome to come um because you know sometimes again like i think the topic of redlining and you know the experience i talked about earlier people will be shocked about Oh my gosh, that was like 2013. I can't believe stuff like that was happening. Like, so it's not to exclude, but it's to say, um, I don't know if you saw Ashton Kutcher, who I did the ranch with, who I just love that dude because he's so much about action and not too much talk. Cause I didn't think he was the dude. I thought he was the dude from, Hey, where's dude, where's dude, my car? car yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, oh. you thought you were going to get Kelso, right? Yeah. Yeah. He did. He had a post last night and he was just like, his son was like, his daughter always gets to go first. And his son was like, why don't I get to go first? And she, he was like, cause girls go first. And he was like, but I want to go first. I should get to go first. And he was like, you know what? In our house, girls go first because girls in the regular world sometimes don't ever get to go first. So we're going to let her go first. You definitely will have chances to go first. Yeah. And it's just that thing is like, you're not, you're not excluding everybody by acknowledging everybody. And it feels like that sometimes if you're like, Hey, I'm black. You're like, Oh, why are you going to bring that up? Why's that got to be an issue? And, and again, it goes back to like, we don't want like no black person signed up for this. We didn't come out like what color you want, even though it's fly. I love being back. It's fly. Like, but we don't get, I guarantee you there's some people who would want to take it off for a couple of days. And that's sad, man. If that doesn't make you feel some type of way, like that's sad. And all we want is the same thing that everybody else has is to not worry about stuff that doesn't, I don't know, it just feels, it feels sometimes like you, like you have to like, 
just be. I mean, I think about like, I think the best thing I do as an actor is vulnerability. <laughs> That's funny. Is vulnerability. And, you know, it's opposite of what I look like, right? And one of the things that they'll always tell you and you know is like, I've walked in the rooms and like, how tall are you? And you're like, oh, it's because the love interest is going to be short. And nobody wants to do a two shot with a 6'4 guy and a 5'2 girl. So you, you're in your head, you're like, I would shrink to get this part. And to me, that's what it feels like to be black sometimes. You're like, I would shrink. Like, why do I have to walk in this room and just be a little less black for people to be cool? I don't even know what to say to that. I want to give you a hug right now. Um, I just really appreciate you sharing all this. It's, it's the reason I called you. I uh, We haven't talked as much recently. Our schedules have not overlapped yeah. as much, but... I will never forget Dr. Nikki's class with you. I'm not going to go into all the details of that, but what I will say is like, I, I feel like I shared something with you. I'll never forget. Right. And I feel like there is a, a trust of a real conversation that I can have right. that I value just really deeply. But I think the important thing, I mean, cause we'll never share. We'll never tell. We'll never, you guys don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, I think the important thing to know about that experience is that what we did was take everything off and we got to see each other that way. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why I say when you talk about like, can you erase the, like I say the worst thing in the world is a unicorn mentality, which is everything is perfect. Everyone is great. Everyone is equal. Yeah. That's great. If you erase systematic racism and, and <laughs> like if you erase all the laws the that are actually in place. World. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I get, I get the the sentiment if if you put people together and you take everything away, like a lot of people erased at least the judgment of each other, right? And I think that was what's important is like, you know, I hope people are watching this and or if they're not, whatever, good, because you didn't see me cry. Um and I won't ever admit it unless you didn't see unless you saw this. Um that like, I don't want to be, like, experiencing what I'm experiencing right now. I don't want to be sitting here crying, you know? Um, but to know that I'm doing everything to try to not to and it still comes through means that it, it is something that a lot of people are dealing with. And if you have friends who are going through stuff and you reach out and they're like, I don't want to talk to you right now, like, you've been in that same position too. Like, you're like, I, like, I just not, not right now. Let me, you know, let me hit you back later. Let me, you know, and give people space, but always like, let people know how you feel about them. Like, let them know you got their back and then really have their back. Like, and then and really, show up, you know, walk. show up, like, you know, make sure the people who you vote for are doing the things that they say they're going to do. I mean, that's why, I feel, and this is just my take on it. And, you know, I'll get blasted by some people and some people will love it. Um, that's why I always say that, like, each person you talk to will have a different experience and no one, one is right. Um, I tell people not to protest because I need everybody home and healthy because COVID is real, obviously. And going out and screaming at the top of your lungs and create more projectile and tear gas and all those things, right? Uh, more people are going to get sick. And then you can get a felony charge from looting. Now you're peacefully protesting and someone breaks off and starts looting. And you think they're just going to start asking people like, oh, were you part of the good guys or the bad guys? Right. And then I'm sending you to a system that I don't trust in the first place. Right. <laughs> so, because people are like, oh, well, the court system is back up because of COVID. I was like, you don't think they will move some of those cases to the front to make sure you can't vote are you seeing what's going on yeah. like and so i'm like stay home get your abs right eat healthy like get ready for november like unless let's you know do the first part right so someone's and, listening and thinking i'm trying to figure out what i should be doing what i can be doing number one is vote is that is that kind of where you and support, support your friends well, number number one oh. is like i said is like do what you would do about anything else you love yeah. post about it 
educate yourself about it. I posted a video on redlining by NPR, which I think is the best six minutes because I know people can't stand anything over that. The six minutes to tell you why we are here, how redlining in the show notes, I'll throw, I'll find yeah. that link and I'll add it to yeah. the show this. Yeah. And how redlining basically has affected everything from healthcare to uh, education to wealth in this country. Right. And how we literally got here. You know what I mean? And then educate the people around you because a lot of people, like we said, like, you know, your experience, you, if you can educate the ones you love and they may not hear it coming from me, but if it's my son or if it's my brother or if it's, you know, that has impact. And then you know, support businesses that, that uh, follow those same principles that you have. Like someone asked me the other day, they were like, oh, what businesses do you, are there? I don't know how to find that out. I was like, go figure it out. Go, if you care about it, go figure it out. Like, I found where to buy grass-fed beef online, get out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, get out. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> but I, I, and, I mean, and then hold people accountable. I mean, our, someone asked me like, oh, do you need, I was on this call yesterday, they were like, do, do you feel like you guys need a leader? Like you had Martin Luther King, blah, blah, blah. I was like, we have leaders. What are you talking about? We have Congress, we have the Senate, we have a president, we have a vice president, we have local councilmen. Why do I have to have a different one? Why can't I have the same ones as you? I voted for, like, I don't understand. Why, why do I need a separate person to say, yeah, these people need the stuff that they were promised? We got the same group. Your constituents, for God's sakes. That's why they? Why aren't they mine? <laughs> like, why are you telling me I need somebody else? That's a helpful answer. I appreciate that. I'm just kind of yeah. sitting on that. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you. Yes. Really changing gears, but this is this of is a question, actually um, one that I, I ask in a lot of episodes. What was your journey to acting? What what brought oh, you? Um, you know, totally well, it started with the Mayflower. No, um, <laughs> um, no, I, I, um, I went to, I was, I went to high school <laughs> uh, when I played uh, sports at, at Pitt and then I graduated and um, I was, I was so like, I played a year and a half of football and then I was like, um, I went from like fifth string to second string and then they got a new coach and he was like, Oh, we only have time to play the people who played last year. I was like, whatever, I'm gonna go play baseball. Cause I'm a baller. And then the same thing happened in baseball. I was like, whatever, I'm not doing this. I'm chasing girls. Um, and then, so I focused on information science and I graduated and worked for Accenture for years and was working like 17 hours a day and was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Um, and my boy Lamont Rucker, who was on like days of our lives or one of those literally just called me out of nowhere and was like, Hey, what are you, how are you doing? And I was like, uh, I'm just, I need to find something else. And he was like, what about like comedic acting? I know you talked about that in college. And I was like, I did. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you did. I was like, oh. And then like the nerd I was, I like started researching like, oh, what do you do? Stand up, blah, blah, blah. Um, took a stand up class. The guy told me it would take me eight years to, to make any money. And I was like, <laughs> you're silly. I'm funny. Um, <laughs> um, I was like, and if he can do it, I definitely could do it um and got up with another like it started out it was five of us writing and it got down to two and then within six months i was opening up for david allen greer and tommy davidson and bobcat goldthwaite at the baltimore improv then working in dc and then um opened up for bill burr and he was like you should go to la and i was like why he was like your act outs are like the best thing about your act and i was like well i'm about my oh did i lose you for a second Oh, uh, oh, are you there? I'm yeah, wait a minute. minute. I'm back. I'm black. Yeah. Um, yeah, back in black. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, Bill Burr was like, you should go to LA. And so I, he let me open up for him a little bit, um, a couple of times. And I came out here and was, I said, I'm gonna take the first two years and do nothing but take classes. I don't want to try to find an agent. I don't want to do anything. I just want to learn. And I had never taken acting before. So I was like, um, I just wanted to like catch up, you know? Um, and I fell in love with acting. Um, and I was over at, uh, another studio, uh, where Billy O'Leary was teaching and he was like, give me six months of no stand up, and I bet you'll be a better actor. Um, and I did, 
because I really fell out of love kind of with stand up here in LA. So it was like, I was going to clubs and they're like, everyone's like, oh, where's, where's David? Where's, is Chappelle coming? And I was like, what is, I had done the road. I had been doing like 300, 300 person improvs. And I'm like, I just want to do, like, you don't have to laugh at me, but you got to pay attention. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is not about stand-up. And I came from D.C., like, Baltimore, D.C. area, where it's so political. You could talk about anything. You could do doo-doo jokes, or you could do, like, high, you know, world politics, right? But here, it just felt like the city was about, like, industry. And I was like, this is stupid. Um, no one wants to hear about, you know, FICO scores. <laughs> <laughs> did you have five minutes on FICO scores? I had two minutes on FICO scores and how I didn't know what a FICO score was until I found it on my um, credit card and I called them. This isn't the actual joke, so if you don't laugh, forget you. Um, and I was, they were like, and I, they, because it got declined at the mall. And I was like, wait, hold up. I've been paying my, my bill. You know what I mean? Let me call. What's up? Like, why is my thing cut off trying yeah. to do it to a black man? You know what I mean? And they're like, well, you have 300 dollars in finance charges and i was like i ain't never been in no club called finance charges like i don't shop at finance charges so you can take that off um so i didn't know about finance charges which yeah. meant i didn't know about fico scores which meant i had one that was like 440 when i graduated which meant it wasn't even on the chart starts at like 460 <laughs> like, <I was> off. <laughs> it's like 780 now so you know what i'm saying represent Damn. but um but yeah, I, I had no clue, but started acting, um, immediately booked a pilot for Comedy Central as a series regular, like my third audition. Um, and I called my mom and thought I made it. <laughs> I didn't know pilots don't go. Um, that was <laughs> fun. Um, I didn't know that could happen. Um, so <laughs> took me a long time <laughs> to book another pilot, but, um, in between there, I just, it, I got so scared because I was like, I don't know really how to act, right? And so I just started to hone in and started to like really, I was like, man, like if some of these people in class are only doing it like twice a week, then I really love that perspective of like three, three hours a day. You know how the old trainer was like three hours a day every week. And I was like, man, that's the only way I can catch up. And that kind of just, took me to, you know, booking jobs here and there and then booking a series regular with Tyler Perry and then, you know, doing Six Balloons on Netflix with uh, Abby Jacobson and Clark, doing Clark Gregg's movie with Molly Shannon, Felicity Huffman, William H. Macy. Um, and yeah, just kind of just, I got one of those like second base careers, second baseman. Like I just, I'm just hitting, I'm hitting singles and doubles. Um, I'm pretty good second baseman's career, man. Um, I'm curious. Is I'm Billy Ripken. <laughs> the deep cut. Seriously, the know black it. Billy Ripken. Uh, That's my new. I'm writing that. Uh, the black Billy. No. Yeah. Uh, gotta put it in the notebook. Gotta get it. In the <laughs> right. Pull out the phone. Where's the notepad? That's a true stand-up. Like, oh, let me. Do yeah, Billy Ripken. That was the right emphasis. Yeah, there it is. That'll um, that'll that'll kill in Brea. Um. Is a Tyler Perry set any different? Is when you have someone, when you have a black man running the entire operation, do you feel anything different in the way it's run or, or in the way that you are seen or treat? Is there anything different? I think there, I mean, Tyler is a very, like, just because he wants to make you know that, like, this is a professional set. Because I think sometimes... You know, it's like if your cousin was running the set and you come, some people may come to set like, yo, that's my, my cousin running it. So it's going to be cool and easy. So he makes you know, like, hey, this is a professional set. Yeah. But I think, um, I don't know how many people know how diverse his, his crew is. Mm -hmm. And I think it feels very like, wow. Like you get, the, you get there and you're like, wow, this, this is an anomaly. You know, um, but it's great to see, you know, because some people will not care for his content. Right. And you realize that he, he is like, you know, this is a business. I'm running a business like this is 
what that is about. So you don't have to like it because I have millions of people who do, right? Like anything else, right? But then to see Lena do a show and then to see, you know, Ava DuVernay and now you're seeing, you know, different shows pop up that you get to see because we always said like, if you don't, here's the thing about Tyler Perry, if you don't like his stuff, we deserve to be able to suck too. Like <laughs> the whole goal should be like, you could make a mediocre show on ABC like everybody else. Yeah. Like not ABC because ABC, I did their showcase. I love ABC, but pick a different network that- um, not have to be exceptional to, <laughs> as a baseline. Right, right. You want to have the same um, expectations as anybody else. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was one of those things where you're like, man, like, this is huge and there's no outside influence. It's all him. Like, and you know, it's not like, Oh, like, <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Ooh, a tease. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, 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 <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm just thinking. <laughs> it's like, is there all fried chicken? Cause like, is it just all stuff that black people eat? <laughs> like, no, it's not <laughs> Does he just have like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is this a Drake playing in the background all day? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'll never escape the comic in me. I can't. We always go to that ridiculous place. How has fatherhood changed you as an artist, as an actor? I think, um, number one, it's made me more tired, which Oh. Lost you again. Hold on one second. Hold that thought. Oh, uh, I'm back. I'm back. Go. I'm back. No, it's, it's my it's my phone and it's linked to this thing. Sorry. I apologize. Um, I think it's made me more tired, which also in some ways makes acting easier because all of the emotion when you're going up for a big part, all that adrenaline. I'm like, I don't have the energy. <laughs> I got the energy to go in here and do, show you what I got. Um, and that's about it. Um, I think it's made me a more efficient actor because I have less time, right? Like, I, and I also have a lot of time because to me, my family will always be the most important thing. So I don't, if I get an audition, um, I don't, even really look at it until I put my kids to bed. Because I know once I open it, I'm gonna be like, it was a, like, just stop. I gotta, I gotta figure out what the scene, what this, this moment is right here. Give me one second. <laughs> like, this moment is way more important than uh, watching Bubblegum. I need it. like, <laughs> it's just yeah, well, never gonna happen. Intense. Yeah, so, but I feel like that has made me more efficient because I know I only have a certain amount of time and I've been in Tyler Perry helped with that a lot too, because, cause he shoots so fast and he shoots like a way, like a daytime soap and even worse. I mean, we shot 20 episodes in a month, right? Um, yeah. Hour long episodes in a month. Um, but to be able to digest that, we called it acting camp, right? Cause we all stayed together. Cause we were like, well, I guess we'll be up all night trying to learn to see you for tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but you then are able to digest material way faster. So that now helped me because now I can like, oh, I can get off book, right? And start to play. Cause I, I personally play when I can be up and out. Like I, I hate when I have to hold a page. I just feel like it's just not my thing. And I wanna, I'm always trying to get better at that. But if I'm dipping and diving, I just don't feel like I can get off of the person what I need to get off of them. Especially when you go into some great casting director offices where they have great readers you're like man like we like this is like the real thing it's not like hey i saw you last night it was the best experience i ever had you're like come on <laughs> you're a casting associate that i've met before i know that person <laughs> i know that person kind of watching or, or th this is my favorite poorly. this is my favorite one yeah. this isn't my um so where were you last night <laughs> you're gonna you're, you're gonna judge me while i'm like you're looking at the, you're looking at your reading, you're looking at the camera, judging me, doing this thing. I'm like, I can't. It, I, I don't work good under these conditions. How am I supposed to respond to you like an authentic human being when you are looking <laughs> right. at me like a fucking weirdo? Come on. Oh, but don't, don't self-generate though. Don't, don't do oh, that. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Can't possibly do that. <laughs> um, look, we've hit a lot of what I really wanted to hit today. Okay. Um, 
I feel like I could have questions for days too. Um, here's, I think, where I, I, I want to start segueing towards the end a little bit. Um, yes. Anything that you feel like you want to talk about, then please, um, let's do it. Yeah. But um, going forward for our, our industry and our community, um, yeah. for the amount of say that you and I have in those things, um, what is not a, a waste of this moment? Um, you know, I, I was thinking about how like 10 days ago, if you had told me that anything on the entire planet would take up more media coverage and more conversation than COVID, I would have said right. a single thing on that. Like, <laughs> did right. we find out that UFOs existed like two weeks ago and everyone was like, right. cool, I guess that's a thing. Right. <laughs> Moving on, like right. 100,000 people have died. And, and that, and it did change. Yeah. And in certain ways that makes me very uh, inspired by the moment and think that there's a lot of possibility. And I also think it would be naive to think that two weeks from now we are in the exact same moment. Um, and so I think when it comes to like, a, you know, one thing that John always talks about is like tend to your acre and make sure that you are making your space what you need it to be. Um, what is a version that doesn't feel like a missed opportunity, I guess? I, I feel like that's a terrible question. I feel that's so open-ended. But is, yeah. it, is it a win if, if everyone is donating and having three conversations? Is it, a, is it like, wh where, where is a sign that like it's progress versus a blip? Because um, that, that's the type of thing that can make me optimistic or pessimistic, I think, a little bit. It's just feeling like, did something happen from this? Well, I had a conversation this morning um, because someone was saying that like, they didn't want to post because they felt like in some cases people were trying to be too trendy. You know what I mean? Like it was just the thing to do. And I was like, well, at the, at the minimum you, you have to post like, because one thing that hasn't happened in the past is companies like Netflix and ABC and NBC putting out very specific statements. Not like, Oh, we're all equal. Like, uh, like Republicans by Jordan's too. Like, you know what I mean? Like very specific statements and i and sh she was like you know because i don't want it to come off a certain way right and i think the one thing is with like when you started acting right you knew you weren't going to be great at it at first and if you're not great at you know discussing things like this the only way you get better is doing it and I can never know one's know anyone's is what I told her. I can never know anyone's true intention. So it really comes down to when you look yourself in the mirror, are you really going to hold yourself accountable? And that's all I ask people. Like for people I know who are, who are normal people <laughs> who, you know, don't want any strife in the world, just want the best for everybody. Like when you look yourself in the mirror, are you doing something because I can't tell you what's right because everyone, like everyone, I was saying like, everyone's not a pastor. Like to ask everyone, you know, everyone's not a leader or a congressman or, you know what I mean? You can't have a leader without people who are willing to serve, right? Um, but you know that you can do something. And when you look yourself in the mirror, you take accountability and say, I'm doing something to make sure things like this don't happen again and continuously building on that right it's just like we say with our acting career are you doing something you know it's like when you're in class and people are like i want to be a series regular i was like you put up one scene tonight he gave you five scenes put up all five like yeah. the, you know what i mean like greg was in our class <laughs> greg will come in and he'll do all five scenes <laughs> you know and you're like that's what it takes because you think when you get an audition tomorrow for 15 pages you're going to just magically be able to get off book. Like, no, you put in the work to be able to get to that point that when it comes, you're ready. And it's the same thing. You have to put in the work and it's a daily, you know, you take some days off, you know, get a mental break and then you get back at it. That's why we need everybody because everybody can't be on all day. You know, I can't look this good all the time. I need other people to come out and be good looking as well. But that's so doable. I mean, I think so many people feel Overwhelming. It's overwhelming. I mean, I think yeah, to how, your point yeah. of COVID, how fast it hit, I think that hit some people. Like for me, it didn't hit fast because it felt like, like I said, it's the norm, but it's not normal, right? Yeah. I think for some people, it just hit them so fast 
that it's going to take them time to be able to digest that. Like I had a conversation with my coach in high school um, because long story short, we were at a baseball throwing line. You're not supposed to walk through the line. Guy walks through the line when we're throwing. And I guess he thought we were going to stop. He ducks down and gets back up. And he's like, you stupid N-word, right? And so I take him to the ground and shake him. I don't hit him because I know if I hit him, I'll get suspended. Go into my coach's office. He pulls me in. And he's like, you're lucky I didn't throw you off the team. And, you know, I just wrote him this message and was like, because he comments on my page. He's like, oh, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. Like, and he's all like, what happened to George Floyd wasn't right. Um, my friend's like, you need to check him. And I was like, well, I need to talk to him. And so I sent him this email with just factual information about what happened. And he came back with kind of like a half apology, which was like, well, I, I definitely didn't hear you in the beginning. I don't remember that. But if I did, I don't play that. And, you know, and he went on to say, like, I'm so proud of you. I show my kids like your Drew Brees commercial and, you know, you're on Oprah's network and stuff like that. And I sent it to my friend and she's like, what's your thought about his reply? I was like, it was kind of what I expected. Right. I was like, but I think he replied too fast. And I was like, that's a lot to digest like 20 years later. Right. With someone just hit you with an email, like you did this 20 years ago. And I was like, I think he just replied too fast. And then an hour later he wrote back and he was like, you know what? The one thing I've been working on is listening with my wife and I know I'm not a good listener and I'm sorry that that happened. And I'm sorry it, you know, took me so long to reply. I mean, it took you so long to like, cause the one thing he said in the original, he was like, he's like, I wish you had come to me later. And I was like, I was 16 years old. I didn't have the tools the, to come back and tell you anything, but I left it really at like, you know, thank you for your reply. I appreciate it. you didn't have the reply at all. Right. Not like, you know, you need to own up to what you did. You need to take, you know, um, but he came back with like, such a sincere apology and was like, you know, I can't believe, you know, it sucks that this took so long. And I was, and I just thanked him. I said, thank you for being a guy who I thought you were before that incident. And I think, you know, things come on us so fast sometimes that it's natural to be defensive. You know, when someone cuts through the right to like, <laughs> and tells you about yourself and you know it's true, sometimes you're like, man, I've been in class and had a teacher tell me something. I'd be like, shut up. <laughs> like, that's my natural reaction. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> you know, and then you sit with it and you're like, oh, they're right. Like, and you just have to leave space for, I always say, like, people, you can say whatever, like, but if you come back to me and you're like, you know what, I messed up. You just got to be able to give people time sometimes. And you also have to take the time, like, and realize and self-reflect and say, dang, did I, was I right in that situation or was I wrong? Did I, you know, am I taking accountability or do I just want to call my friends who will justify, you don't need him, girl, whatever. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the bandwagon jump, right? Yeah. Bandwagon jump. Um, yeah. I think that's a... Um... I have a couple other things I want to ask you off of the show, but I think that it's a good place for us to wrap up this, unless there's anything else that you want to offer, say to anyone listening to this podcast. Uh, I think the only thing I'll say is, you know, try not to get caught up in other people's journeys. That's a hard thing for me right now. Like I just, you know, you can see the little gray hairs coming in you get to the point where you're like, man, like, my friend. Right. You see people, you know, you're like, man, I'm a better actor than that person. <laughs> but I, I just think that everyone's going to have their own journey. And I know it's easier said than done, but like, just make sure you're ready when your turn hits because like when it does and people are like, who was this? Like, where did you come from? It's so rewarding, man. It feels so good when you're like, I've been here waiting for y'all. Like I, I'm ready. Like, let's go. You know? Well, that. well, thank you for sharing and uh, thank you for coming on the show. And I hope to have you back on to talk about something silly and, you know, like some fucking movie you got coming out because that's fun too. But uh, yeah. get to that another time. So uh, thank you so much, Dewan. Of course. Thank you, guys. You got you, me, us, <laughs> whatever. Everybody at the Actors 
theater in the studio. Like, I was like, <laughs> this is the best thing. Thank you, thank you for that. Gonna gonna I'm, I'm accepting my award right now. Thank everybody for everything you've done. And I just mean so much. And oh, oh this water bottle. Okay, well, I'm going to stop on the record. All right. And. Okay, that'll do it for this episode of Industry Town. Um, thank you so much to Dewan uh, for your time and uh, and everything you have to share. Uh, thank you to you for listening. Thank you to presenting sponsor John Rosenfeld Studios and Actor Salon. Um, if there's anything else that you think uh, that I can do, that Industry Town can do, please uh, reach out to me. Um, the email address is industrytownpodcast at gmail.com, and I would love to hear from you. You can also find me on social media at industrytownpodcast for Instagram and Facebook. Um, okay, uh, I hope you have a good week. I hope hope we all learned something. I hope we all figure out a good way to, to turn this into helpful action, and uh, stay safe. <laughs>